Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm a hooper, man. I'm just going out there making plays. You know, a lot has been, um, you know, a little different, you know, with Don, Mike, and those guys out. Um, you know, I'm having to, you know, make plays. You know, defenses are doing different things. Uh, but no, I don't really look at numbers and stuff like that. I just try to impact the game any way I can. Um, you know, just go out there and hope I, I ain't changing no game, shooting the same shots that I want to shoot. Um, and anything the defense gives me, if it goes in, it goes in. You know, if not, I got to get it back on the defensive end, figure it out then. Jordan Clarkson from today's shoot around session. You hear from Jordan uh, in its entirety coming up around five o'clock today. Uh, but Gordon, uh, the Jazz hosting the Spurs. We touched on it yesterday. We got to talk about it today, and I assume we got to talk about it every day until it's it's over. Uh, this chase for the one seed, and last night the Suns won, and so it remains. Uh, I believe they're now a half game up on the Jazz uh, as for the one seed. If I if I haven't checked, well, they're on it. they're tied, I think, but they're they have the advantage. That's right. That's right. Exactly. The, the Jazz were a half game ahead. Suns winning yesterday, tie it, but the Suns have right. the tiebreaker. Right. That's it. Uh, but let's start with Clarkson because he is uh, he's second in scoring this season for the Utah Jazz in points per game. And you talk about Jordan all the time about how he shoots a lot and takes a lot of, in your opinion, bad shots. And then we say, well, that's kind of what the coaching staff has told him to do. He said to the media that, He's now he has found home with the Utah Jazz because they quote let me be myself close quote. How and Manic said as far as the Jazz goes, as far as Clarkson goes in the playoffs. What do you make of Jordan Clarkson being that bellwether of the Utah Jazz this season? Uh, that's not what I would want to rest my uh, fortunes on, and that's no real slight to Jordan Clarkson. I mean, multiple fortunes? It, it, no, it just it, it, he's. If he plays well, then that's really good for the Jazz. But uh, I only have if, one if Porsche. They have, if they have to absolutely rely on Jordan Clarkson, I'm not sure that's a great percentage if that's what you want to play. And, look, I don't really have a problem with Jordan Clarkson's game. It's just that in a playoff setting, there are times when you absolutely have to have precision. And that's what uh, could be of some concern because – the degree of difficulty on his shots is so high that that he's going to miss some. And he says that. He says there's no way you can keep a high percentage all season long. But what about when you absolutely have to have it? He's had it earlier in the year. He's had some slumps, if that's what you want to call it. And when it's funny that those difficult shots suddenly look like bad shots when they don't go in. Hmm. And the Jazz need them to go in more often than they don't, or at least close to 50 Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know, you do your effective field goal percentage, whatever you want to say, but he has to make shots, and sometimes he doesn't. And so what happens if you have a game seven and he doesn't? You know, I, 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 you can say the same thing about any player, but I think some star players are a little more consistent, a little more bankable than others. And Jordan, I don't really fit into that category. So if what Chris said is true – the Jazz better hope and pray he's on through the entire postseason. Well, what what I see, and he has not he has not shot the ball well since 
Donovan and Mike Conley have been have been out. Bogdanovich has shot well while they've been out, and Clarkson has not, but he's continued to shoot a lot, and that's what their plan is with him. He being a bench guy, I think that you have some affordability there. Not, I don't think as much as he takes and as he's given. I think you have some affordability there, though, for uh, not reckless, obviously, but maybe vol- a volume shooter off the bench is different than a volume shooter in the starting lineup except who's for, missing except, a lot of except shots. Except for when he's in the lineup, when he is on the floor, he's taking shots. That's he's, what I mean, yeah. He's dominating the offense many times. Um, so – uh, that <laughs> that applies no matter what. And if the pressure is higher than usual, how will that affect him? I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not sure anybody does, but we're going to find out. And obviously, a guy like Chris, who has a fairly keen eye, thinks it's uh, ultimate yeah. for him to to make sure he's uh, he's on his game when the Jazz need him most. If the Jazz lose in the first round of the playoffs again this year, I can't even say all that stuff I said to start the show about the attention they've gotten and 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 so much in a lot of cases praise, that's going to go right down the right down the old ratter. <laughs> yeah. If they don't perform when it matters most, and it really it may set the team back further than if they were like the 5th, 6th or 7th seed this year. Yeah. Uh, people people already have some doubts about what the Jazz are, what they're capable of, and if they if they flop in the postseason, it it will not be pretty. Do you feel that the Jazz got a, a pass in that regard last season because of the the stop and play, then the re, the resume in the bubble, the playoff bubble that was so weird and strange, and and Jake talks about it all the time that that'll never be replicated. That they're all living together in a dorm essentially, and then they go out and play and they hang out after the games, and that's not really the playoff atmosphere that the NBA is used to being around. Did the Jazz get a pass with all that added to Bogdanovich missing time? Did they get a pass by losing in the first round last year? It depends year? on how you look at. It. I mean, the Jazz weren't favored going into that series; they were underdogs. That's true. Yeah. So was that resting on because Bogdanovich was not oh, going to be I, there? I, I, I'm I'm not sure about hmm. that, but most people I remember that because I studied that out, and most people were picking the Nuggets to win that. It's just that the Jazz went up three one and then couldn't close it out, and so people again, it's the same phenomenon. If the Jazz had gone in and lost that series four to three without blowing a three one lead. Then, then uh, you don't get as much negativity when you see a team go up the way they did and boost up those expectations. Now, now suddenly when they lose three straight, it's it's worse. Yeah, in some ways, it, maybe not in other. Maybe some people think, look at it different, but that's the way I see it. The, the reason I ask is I think you're right about the obviously the hype or the attention or or the microscope or whatever being on the Jazz this season nationally is greater than it was last season. But that, I think it's this year it's greater based on how they've played. And last season it was great based on anticipation of what people thought they would be. And it didn't turn out that way. Mike Conley started the season yeah. really poorly, had his injury issues. Uh, but there was hype going into last season. This season the hype has just crescendoed all season long because of how the Jazz played. Now if they bow, bow out in the first round, what was it all for? That's what I think what you're saying, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Essentially. Well, it, it, they've got the Spurs again tonight, one of these weird in-season mini-series because of the, the COVID scheduling. 
What are some things that you think uh, that you think you know about Greg Popovich teams? Things you believe about Greg Popovich teams? The first thing that comes to my mind, Gordon, is tough. The the Spurs are tough and they're gritty and they're not going to give up. It's a lot of the same stuff that we thought of with Jerry Sloan's teams. Fair, yeah. And you know those two franchises were kind of copying each other. For a long period, it's just that the Spurs got five championships and the Jazz got none. <laughs> but, thanks, but, thanks for that. Yeah. But, but there was uh, respect around the league that uh, they were going to show up, and a lot of that was a reflection of the head coach. Uh, so that's what I think of when I think of the Spurs. Look, they're not anywhere near as talented as they once were, but but they're not going to make it easy on you. I mean, yeah. you might even beat them. The Jazz had that healthy lead the other night. And it, but but I th- this isn't a team where you go okay you don't have to worry about them you know you do have to worry about them even even without the same amount of talent. It, the the thing I think that is true about this Spurs uh, rendition of the Spurs is that they're zagging when the rest of the league is zigging. If that if that makes sense, it, when, and what I mean by that is they shoot a lot of mid range uh, attempts. They lead the league and it's not even close in mid-range attempts, and they're 30th in three-point attempts. Meanwhile, the Jazz are first in allowing three-point. Like, they don't allow – they allow the least amount of threes a game, the Jazz do. And they uh, allow about middle of the pack in the paint. Well, where the Spurs are making all their – or taking all their shots is the paint non-restricted and mid-range. No, not very little threes and very little at the rim. Well, when you've got Rudy Gobert in the paint, you can – play tougher, closer-up defense on the perimeter and get saved by Rudy Gobert playing goalie in, in the paint. So the Jazz match up well with the Spurs on paper based on the Spurs' game plan of DeMar DeRozan is their leader, and he takes less than two threes a game in, in, in the season. And that's good news for the Jazz, I think, because they're already a good defense at not allowing threes. But if he goes off on those mid-range that's kind of a weak area yeah, for I, any team in the NBA right I, now. I'm following more the latter of what you said than the former because, to me, okay, if they're not going to shoot threes, then how why is it good to be a good three-point defensive team to allow few of them because they don't care, at least not to the degree that a lot of teams do. And the Jazz have struggled from time to time stopping teams who do get into that mid-range game. However – Oftentimes, that's triggered by their by the po- opponent's uh, efficiency from deep, too. True, yeah. So if this team doesn't do that, then maybe they're a little less effective. The thing about Rudy, though, is Rudy can't guard everybody. I mean, so often he's, he's almost charged with doing that. Hey, Rudy, you just clean up whatever mess the perimeter defenses defenders allow. And he's, uh, he's pretty good at doing that, but he can't cover everybody. And that's something that has – we saw that – with the Rockets in the past postseasons. Yeah. And so we'll see we'll see what happens. In that way, maybe playing the Spurs right now is good preparation for trying to to limit uh these talented mid range shooters. Uh at least to make the Jazz defense keenly aware that that's important for them to stop it. I don't know what Popovich's philosophy or from whence it comes. Mm-hmm. Uh because I don't think he's just some old school guy who who isn't going to shoot the three? I think it's probably based on his talent. You know, that's yeah, the personnel. Yeah. yeah, and that's he's smart enough to figure out who can do it and who can't, or who can do it efficiently and who can't do it efficiently. So they're doing what? I, I mean, I'm surprised that Spurs are as good as they are. I am as well. Yeah, and so 
I think that's a credit to, to Greg Popovich, even though he hijacked uh, the job from the beginning. From <laughs> Bob, was it Bob Hill? I think that was the guy's name. Yeah. Okay, we're uh, gonna get Tim Duncan here now. I think it's time for me to step in as coach. And the way they got Tim Duncan was David Robinson. Your back hurts. No, it doesn't. No, David, <laughs> your back hurts. I know. I feel David, your back hurts. I promise. You're gonna sit out a lot. And now I like the windswept look of uh, Greg Powell. Do you? I don't know. He, I don't know if I'd call it windswept. It's more like finger in the light socket. But I don't. He can do it and I can't. You don't so. like the long locks? I, I, a man can grow his hair any way he likes. But sure can. It, it, it looks more like, like my grandmother used to have on top of her record player. I don't even know what they were called. It was like this feathery fern looking thing and it would turn different colors and it was it was like it would like move in the with the wind of the air conditioner it looks like greg popovich is there. it looks like angel hair that the, that christmas decoration that you put in it's made of insulation and asbestos and you can't touch it or breathe it that's what his hair looks Terrific. like that, that, that makes everybody feel are you saying more like along lines of fiberglass maybe? yes that's what so, i mean yes what we're looking for shards yes. of fiberglass uh, <laughs> By the way, everybody pay attention tonight. I love this. You know, Bowler is one of my good, good friends. But tonight, I want you to listen to the game and hear. he uh, Bowler, I love you. I love you, dog. I always have. I always will. But listen to him, what he calls Pop tonight. He calls him Pops. Pops? <laughs> yes, I love it. Instead of Pop? Yeah, because he looks I, like he Pops. Does he really? Yeah. I haven't heard that. Yeah. Pops. You're not paying attention. Uh, Pops? Yeah. Hmm. Baller, admit it. You do it. What if we called you Pops? <laughs> I've been called worse. <laughs> You'll be called worse today, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, last thing here. Dumps a really dumb stat I saw in one of these game previews for tonight. It talked about the Spurs and how they're really good when they win the rebounding battle. And they're 13-4 and four when they win the rebounding battle. Well, that's 17 wins. Out of 31 wins on the season, that means they only have three more wins <laughs> when they win the rebounding battle than when they lose it. So that that that's not that big of a, a of a reveal there about a team. They have 14 wins when they leaning on that pretty hard. That's the, the whole thing. I was like, well, let's learn about the Spurs, and that's what they told me about the Spurs. Like, that's that's not even right. 17 and 14. That that's they're. That's negligible. So I don't know how yeah, much they, important they rebounding is. Many when they don't lead in rebounding. So I mean, yes. So it probably it probably won't happen tonight. I imagine the Jazz will outboard them. And then I, I don't have the stats in front of me from last game. The Jazz killed them on the boards. Destroyed them. Yeah, by 13, 60 to forty-seven or something 50, crazy. 37, like that. Fifty thirty-seven, uh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, the Jazz, uh, their magic number is four. My favorite phrase in sports: magic number. Uh, their magic number is four, so if four wins or four Suns losses, and they'll get the number. They'll be guaranteed the two seed. I'm starting to wonder worst. whether the Suns are going to lose. So this team, what are, what's going on? Who do they? So they played Cleveland last night and well, they went to overtime. Yeah, they, <laughs> they but scored but they the Cavs win. twenty to four in overtime. <laughs> okay, guys, so wake up, everybody. The Cavs are like, oh, overtime? <laughs> Ring the dinner bell. Will you everybody show up now? I don't know how they got to overtime. If the if I if a Cavs player hit a buzzer beater to get it overtime last night, his teammates were like, you idiot! What are you doing? We want to go home. Uh, I don't know what the Suns have ahead of them. I know that their opponent winning percentage is tougher or better than what the Jazz have ahead of them, but that stuff always 
is goofy because you never know who's going to play when. You well, never know what's going to happen. We thought on that East Coast swing, the Suns had that they were going to suffer from that, and they really didn't. Would they go four and two? I don't remember. Yeah. But so it was it was it was, uh, it was successful. If you're waiting for the Suns to lose, it's probably not the yeah. the hope you want to. The question hang on. is, how badly do the Jazz want to win? And you think they don't want to win at all? I I don't want to say <laughs> that. No, I, I I just don't think it's a top priority. And and I think you brought it up yesterday, Austin, that, uh, you know, you look at those old Jerry Sloan teams where the guy, the stars were playing, you know, 38 minutes straight through to the end of the season. And then sometimes they suffered in the postseason because of that. So I haven't come to a conclusion yet on how I feel about it, to tell you the truth. Well, let's I talk mean, about if you're that. injured, you're injured. But if you're not, uh, then, then there's a gray area. And I, I, I haven't really made up my mind yet about how I feel. Let's that. talk about that next because I think we're absolutely opposite of each other on, on approach there. How, how can we be opposite? I haven't made up my mind yet. Well, I th- well, based on what I heard from you yesterday, okay. I think you have made up your mind. I have not. I, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with saying I don't know every once in a while. All right. Uh, I don't it's- know. It's for know it all over there. I know what you know before you know it. That's that's the uh, art of being your producer so for a hundred years. Huh? <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm predicting what you might say, and we'll see. There's one person on this planet who knows what I'm going to do before I do it, and that's my wife. She can guess every single thing not you're about every to. Single one, but a lot. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. She's smarter than I am. She too. knew you were going to buy yourself a Mother's Day gift before you even came up with that idea, huh? Speaking of which, they're not, when is Mother's Day? That's it's pretty much today. It's Wednesday, and it's on Sunday, so good luck with that. <laughs> Everybody hurry. <laughs> hey, we've got jazz tickets to give away. we got David Locke. we got the Spurs radio guy, Bill Shoning, later on. You'll hear from Jordan Clarkson. Coming up next, Gordon Monson and I will decide what he thinks about chasing the one seed versus health right here on The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Utah Jazz have the Spurs in town tonight. No Mike Conley and still no Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell has missed, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine straight games with a sprained ankle. He was uh, evaluated last Saturday. They said he'll need at least another week. But Jordan Clarkson talked about Donovan Mitchell and how he's handling the whole situation. You know, he's, uh, you know, getting all his work done, treatment doing as much as he can, trying to get back as uh, fast as possible. Um, but, you know, we, we just want him back healthy and uh, ready to go when, um, you know, when it's, when it's ready to turn the minions on and, and really put it in the go. Donovan averaging 26.4 points a game this season. The Jazz have dearly missed that at times. Didn't seem to be too big of a problem against the Spurs on Monday. We'll see what comes your way tonight. 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off here on the Zone Sports Network. Jazz updates at the bottom of every hour brought to you by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner. Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net.
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Band of the Day, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news at artist and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Gordon, I uh, I let Eric Jensen pick our Band of the Day today. Why? Uh, because I like to live dangerously. Okay. Uh, and uh, I said, hey, Eric, you want to pick Band of the Day today? And he was like, I already did. <laughs> he had already taken it upon himself. He was going to do Band of the Day That's anyway. Kind of <laughs> but he chose a, a fine, a fine selection in Rush, the Holy Triumvirate, uh, from the uh, the Great White North above. Yeah, Lee. Uh, Neil Pert, best drummer of all time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not even close. Not even close. Not Buddy Rich. No, no. Uh, Buddy Rich is uh, come on, but <laughs> nope. Uh, I think Neil Pert uh, gets it done. So. Rush is your band of the day. All right, Gordo, let's talk about this one seed and health because I certainly know where I stand on this, and I'm very far one way. Now, I'm not selling tickets. I'm I'm not uh, thinking from a business standpoint. I'm not thinking from a a uh, guy that saved all his money to go to see one game this year, and he and he ends up seeing the third string. But the way I would handle the last of this regular season is nobody plays. Nobody. I would start uh, the the G League version of the Utah Jazz the rest of the regular season. Because so you don't think seeding matters? That, I don't think it matters as much at this point. The Jazz have won so much that they're not going to drop so far that I think it's going to make that big of a difference in their first round matchup. It might in the second round. I don't know about the first round. But moreover... I'm a superstitious guy. I see Donovan hurt. I see Conley hurt. And then I'm watching Joe Ingles and I'm watching Rudy Gobert still in games where the Jazz are up 20-plus with a minute left in the fourth, and they're still in the game. And I'm over there wringing my hands going, get him out of the game! So I'm just af- I'm afraid of what I don't want to talk about happening. That's pretty sound reasoning, and I think if you're going to find a reason to go easy down the stretch, then that's it. Um, however, I'm old school enough to to wonder where the integrity of that is. You know, I mean, why people are coming to the game tonight? They're paying their money, and and, and those same people want to see the Jazz do well in the postseason. So if you took a poll among them, it would be interesting to know what that result would <laughs> That's be. That's a good point. Yeah. Because, yeah, they want to see, uh, and I don't know what Donovan Mitchell, whether he can play or not, if he if he would play, if the playoffs were going on right now. I, I don't know. But the whole idea behind your, your idea is uh, that these games really don't matter. And certainly no one is going to remember the regular season. Well, they might remember it, but it just doesn't matter if you play well in the playoffs. I was going through some of the best jazz teams in history, and some of the ones had the better records weren't necessarily the best. Okay. And there was a dichotomy there. I mean, I think it was 90 – what year was it? Was it 95 when the jazz won 60, 60 games? 
94-95? I believe it was. Yeah. And they lost to the Rockets, who eventually no, no, won it was the... the next year, I think. Anyway, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They lost in the first round against the Rockets and were bumped out. And so I th- I think they went 60-22. and 22. It might have been even better than that. But, uh, yeah, that was the year anyway. Jordan was retired, right? It, it, yeah. just, it just doesn't matter because everybody remembers what happens in the postseason. So if that's true, then what you're saying carries a whole lot of weight. I just I, – and maybe this is probably like talking about a no-hitter or a perfect game. You don't bring up the I-word. You don't talk about the I-word, but you fear the I-word. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they uh, want so badly to – Give the fans a good show here at the arena. That's fine. I understand that. If the players are, I don't know, maybe when you go to tell Rudy Gobert you're going to sit tonight, maybe he breaks stuff and, 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 and throws things. You're like, fine, fine, you're going to play. I don't know how those conversations go. But if you do all this stuff just to get the one seed and then something happens that could have conceivably been avoided and you flop out of the first round or the even the second round of the playoffs because of the I-word, then you kind of look at, well, what was it all for to get that one seed yeah. if you could have avoided this catastrophe? So, okay, let's go with your theory. Let's go with your, your, no one plays? your, your idea. <laughs> no, I mean, how many? you got to play them because you can't just sit guys for a month. You know, so, uh, so how, how many minutes do the starters get? Uh, the first quarter. <laughs> I don't think I don't know if that's enough to keep them sharp. I told you I'm extreme, man. I'm extreme on this. But you also have to keep them keep them from getting rusty well that's what practice is for uh, we're talking not, about it's, practice it's not the same it's yeah not, that's it's, true it, even it's, to this day a lot of people blame uh the loss to the bulls in 98 on the fact that the jazz uh had to sit what was it 10 games 10 days they had to wait they had yeah. to wait and they were playing better over that stretch against the lakers they beat the spurs 4-1 in the semis and then they beat. Uh, then they beat. The, they swept the Lakers. That's the best I've ever seen a Jazz team play. And when they started, they sat and sat because the Bulls were taking longer to get their way through out of the East. And and when they started playing the Bulls, now it, it may have something to do with the fact that they were going against the best player in the world, but they were nowhere near as sharp. And a lot of people believe that the, the the rust took hold. Yeah, maybe. I don't know whether it's true or not. It probably had more to do with the opposition. But anyway, uh, it's something to think about. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would play. I would play my. Even if I didn't care about the result, I think I would play my starters in the twenties. Yeah, the re, the realistic uh, thing, and this is why I'm not and never will be a coach, is you have to, as you said, you have to play the guys. You can't. You can't just not play them. What I would like to see change, though, and how where I would do things differently is on Monday night when the game was out of reach, the Jazz should have been the ones to start sitting Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, and, and the key players before the Spurs gave up and, and subbed in all their guys. There was like a minute 11, minute 13 left, and the starters were still on the floor, up double digits. That That stuff, I think... That's the stuff that becomes hard to take and hard to swallow. If something happens in a game that's in hand to a guy that then impacts your playoffs, okay. that's the stuff I'm really Well, if you're going to win with. either way. But on the other hand, you want to keep the competitive edge sharp as well. And when you, a coach preaches to his players all season long the importance of a full effort and of winning and improving, and then you don't give them the opportunity to do that, are you now a hypocrite? 
Well, I and, and yeah. players, you know, the players sniff that out inside of two seconds. Yep. And they know if you're if you're not telling them the truth, and if you're not telling them the truth, then does that dull that competitive edge heading into the postseason? Yeah, and a guy like uh, Quinn Snyder can't sit there and make these decisions based on oh, if something like that were to happen, what would people say about me? Like I'm suggesting, he couldn't. You can't run your, your world like that. I don't think he's worried about That's that. That's what I mean. However, the Jazz are a little different than, say, an established team like the Lakers because they have established themselves in the past. And the Jazz, on the one hand, want to prepare themselves so that they are healthy for the postseason. On the other hand, they really haven't done anything yet. And so they don't, they don't carry that same swagger that a LeBron-led Lakers team might. So it, it's... It's nuanced. It's, it's mm. tricky. But obviously, number one priority at this point would be to be healthy heading into the playoffs. Because even if the Jazz went undefeated, the rest, they won all their games and they won and they took the top seed. Well, what good is that going to do you if two of your players yeah. can't go full speed in the postseason? It does you no good. So Yeah, and things would happen maybe anyway. It's that old argument of... If you're if it's your time to go, well, that bus is going to find you, even if you don't wander out into the street that day. Like things are going to happen how they're going to happen. Donovan's ankle was not a result of him not resting that night. He got hurt. The injuries happen. I'm the guy that sits here and flaps my gums one way and says, "Don't play anybody. Get Rudy Gobert off the floor." And then in the next segment, I'll tell you when Rudy Gobert's off the floor, the Jazz are terrible on defense. Well, if you're so what? What do they? What, then they look at me and say, "Well, what do you want from us?" So, so what you're saying, Austin, is that uh, what's going to happen is going to happen. You're saying essentially that you cannot control your own <laughs> destiny. I'm I'm not saying that. <laughs> Because I think that's what you said. <laughs> uh, that that's your those are your words in that order. Uh, but destiny cannot be controlled; it just is. That's what I have. <laughs> exactly. That's that's the smartest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> Another smart thing is to go to minkikatur.com for Mother's Day. Put in the promo code Zone Fifty. You get fifty percent off, or just hop into a store and let them know you heard it here on the Zone. Get that Zone Fifty fifty percent off promo code. From Minky Couture, MinkyCouture.com for Mother's Day. It's Minky Couture. Coming up next on the big show, I don't know. We'll we'll see what we do next here on the zone. <laughs>